Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I just wanted to do a little editor's note here. We lost Jake's audio um, a bit of the way through at the ending, kind of, uh, last maybe 10 minutes or so. So uh, I'm still going to show the podcast in an entirety uh, because Jake didn't talk too much in the last 10 minutes. I still think what we were talking about was pretty funny. So I think we can we can kind of edge around that, but I'm just letting you know ahead of time. That's why he kind of cuts out at the end. Um, we couldn't recover, unfortunately, but in the future, we will always have a backup recording going, so this won't happen, but thanks for sticking with us and enjoy the pod. Back to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 23. We're here. We're going to do it again. And this time with a special guest, it's me, it's Jake, and it is Jerome Skelly. Thunder applause. Thunder applause. <laughs> yeah, thunder applause. Um, yeah, you got anything to say, Jerome? Any oh, words yeah. of fun. wisdom for us right yep. at the front? I got a fun fact for you guys. I know that's usually Jake's thing, but uh, the cranberry <laughs> apple flavor was actually originally marketed as crapple. And needless to say, <laughs> things did not go very well for the crapple flavor. <laughs> yeah, it turns out not great to name your foods after something else. <laughs> Keep it to the beginning of the process. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jerome uh, Jerome Skelly here on the pod with us today. Jerome is my old college roommate, um, good friend of mine, and uh, he loves basketball uh, just like I do. Maybe not in the same way because he's a Knicks fan, so that's rough, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love-hate relationship a little bit. Yeah, love-hate relationship for sure. Made me more of a um, fan of the game than of any specific team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nominally the Knicks, though. So yeah, uh, yeah. feel free to pour on him for that. Um, <laughs> you guys yeah, need so some here. Eastern Conference uh, representation. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's too much West Coast vibes. Uh, <laughs> just slow it down. Um, yeah, so we're here. We're going to talk some ball. We've only got three games on the schedule, which is nice. We can actually delve into them. Um yeah, Jake's still here, even though he hasn't said anything. I think he's here. Jake, you're here. Yeah, right? I'm right here. Oh, oh he's here. Okay, yeah, that's good. I should have checked before the pod started. Um, yeah, uh, let's do housekeeping, I guess, as always. I know this is the boring part, but... Housekeeping. Thank you. Um, <laughs> as always, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. That is throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. It's the pod name followed by a JJ. Jake, where can they find us? Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, <laughs> uh, Amazon Alexa. I don't know what else. I never know. I just kind of ramble. Spotify, tune Spotify, in, tune in. Yeah, maybe we should script this out for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe send me a memo next time. I Is missed that, that first one. Was that uh, Crapple Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming soon on the Crapple Podcast Network. <laughs> Sponsored oh, by man. Snapple. We've got <laughs> Granny Smith Simmons on the intro, and uh, <laughs> yeah, is Granny uh, Smith Simmons related to Richard Simmons? <laughs> I was going for a Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but sure, you where my, my mind is at too. this morning. <laughs> Richard, the biggest Celtics fan of all time, Granny Smith Simmons. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Richard Simmons got me thinking about that Key and Peele skit where they're the aerobics. And the, oh, <laughs> what they're talking about? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> super dark. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get back to topic. Um, yeah, so we're all three here. We're going to talk about three games that happened. We're coming to you on a Friday morning, bright and early. Not really, kind of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to come to you. So let's just uh, let's hit it, guys. Okay. Sound good? Yep. 
Oh, look at that. That was yeah. sick, huh? What are you doing? <laughs> what? That was awesome. I thought we were just going back to the one way. I like this one. That's all right. And I control <laughs> it. I am the master <laughs> of the intro. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's just jump in. Um, first game on our slate here, Celtics versus Toronto. This was a smoking hot game. Uh, 125 to 122. Toronto beats them to force a game seven, baby, in double <laughs> OT. Um, big performances all around. Probably the line of the night. Kyle Lowry led the way with 33 points, eight boards, and six assists. Big shots, big defensive plays, big booty. It's all Lowry. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's all over the place. Give an effort. He's the heart and soul of this team. What do you guys got to say about this game? Did you, did you watch it, first of all? That's probably the important thing. I watched about. all of it except for parts of the first overtime because I fell asleep. And I'm not sure <laughs> how, but I woke up and it was double overtime. And I was like, oh, sweet. I didn't miss it. But yeah, oh, that's I, good. this was probably my favorite game of the playoffs so far. Um, just because yeah. this series has been kind of a letdown, and it's nice to see a game where they finally score, and it's less than just a defensive battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, what about you, Jerome? It kind of reminds me of like a team version of like that Utah Nuggets series. Where it was just kind of like back and forth between two guys. This is like a back and this game was like a oh, back and yeah, forth between the two teams. teams. It's really sure, cool. Oh sure. yeah, especially in the the second overtime. Oh yeah, especially yeah, especially then. Um, and I, I really like this because the Raptors actually shot decently from the field. Oh my god, <laughs> we had a, a Raptors game where they didn't shoot like thirty one percent. It was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, as I said before, like Lowry led the way with thirty three points. He was awesome. He was phenomenal. He's making plays all over the place. Yeah. Uh, other contributors, big contributors, Powell off the bench, yeah, Norm huge, finally huge. showed up. He had been absent basically all playoffs, so they really needed this. Um, they haven't really, really been playing him that much, no, have they? He's not gotten a lot of minutes. Kind of the chicken and the egg scenario there, right? Like, was Which he performing crazy. badly because he like... wasn't getting minutes or the other way around? Yeah. In game five, they gave a lot of his minutes to the rookie. What's his name? Thomas. Mm. They did? Oh, Thomas played six in this one, so I guess he uh, got relegated back to deep bench role. Um, but yeah, uh, they obviously got a great contribution from Ibaka again. He's been great all series though. So it's oh, yeah. not really anything new. Um, and then on the, uh, well, one more, one more person I should actually highlight OG with 13 boards in this one. Oh, he was hitting I love that guy. Time. and two big shots, big yeah. shots, a big three in the double overtime, man, to, to take them back from a, basically a, a momentum swinging Celtics three the other way. Um, yeah. I thought the Celtics had that game in this, in the uh-huh. second OT. They, they want. Isn't that like kind early. of the, the over the overtime rule? First team up by four. It is the overtime rule. You're yeah. right. Hit they on the head. The and they, they went up early. Wait, yeah. what? What is this rule? <laughs> I think it's like an old Ralph Lotherism. Um, just like like first team to hundred wins. He also used to say like first team up by four in overtime oh, wins. It's not an actual rule. No, it, no. it's not a rule. Okay, the was, it's not an NBA <laughs> rule. Refs are just like, call it. It's over. It's, it's the cheat code. Up, up, down, down, up by four. You win. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm covering all new rules here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I was with you, man. I thought the, the Celtics grabbed momentum real early in that second OT, but give the Raptors credit. They fought back. They fought hard. Um, Shows that championship pedigree right there. Yeah, maybe that's where it finally comes into effect. Um, yeah. 
Uh, one more disappointing note, though. Siaka, man. Will this guy ever get going in this series? No. I don't know. He's 5 for 3 here again. I don't know what happened during the, the layoff here, during the COVID thing, but he clearly was not working on his jump shot. <laughs> That's what it looks like. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's I don't know of, what he was working on. He's kind of turned into a not as good Giannis. He's just, like, he's just doing spin moves in the lane, yeah. and that's it. Oh, yeah, he yeah. spins like Michael Jackson out there. That's all he's got. <laughs> yeah, call him the washing machine. He's on cycle. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. he had a horrible stinker. So, yeah. again, he was a plus 12, weirdly. But that just goes to show you how noisy plus minus <clears throat> can be on a game-to-game basis, I think, more yeah. than anything. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the Celtics side, it they got big contributions, from from you know their stars they got tatum had 29 he didn't shoot amazing from the field in the first half but he really got going in the third um and in the second overtime he was like the main source of points jalen brown again i cannot say enough about this dude like he didn't shoot amazing from the field he went 11 of 30 he took 30 shots in this one jesus but um but he just tries so dang hard on defense man and he's a stud he went for 31 and 16 boards in this one he's four offensive rebounds he's a stud man Jalen Brown. And then their third con- contributor was uh was Marcus Smart with 23 points. And you know what I always Dud. say, Jake? When when Marcus Smart is scoring, it yeah. usually to me means something's wrong. Like somebody else didn't step up and score. Um <laughs> and in this one it was Kemba. Two for yeah, eleven, sure. five points. Kemba played fifty-two minutes. Fifty-two minutes from your star, and you get five points Dude, on two and eleven you, shooting. You play me fifty-two minutes, I could get you three buckets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, on me. I don't know about these NBA competitors. No. But- <laughs> you play me 52 minutes, I will get three buckets. That's I don't know how that happens. He's How does a guy go from being the most consistent player on this team to just disappearing? Do you think the, the length of Toronto got to him? or just Maybe it finally him? did. Maybe it finally did. Although he's been cooking so all long. series. Yeah, they are. They are. It's a matchup between long teams. It's yeah. it's actually really fun to watch for that reason. Yeah. Like that's why I said there's been some beauty in the struggle actually because it's it's cool to see like two amazing defensive teams with so many skilled guys go at it like in a dogfight yeah. every game. Um, Especially with like the '80s '90s purists saying there's no defense that gets yeah. played in the modern NBA. Yeah, just watch this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? I never understand with those guys because they don't like they don't realize their own hypocrisy when they say statements like that. You realize with all these rules in place, now the defenders are better than ever. Like yeah. you're just saying you weren't as good defenders because you got to foul people. Yeah, no, yeah. No, they they're, don't realize they're that they're lying. saying that. I've seen a clip of it must have been the the late or early or mid seventies where it's the Will Chamberlain Lakers against the Bill Russell Celtics, and it's the worst basketball I've ever seen in my life. Guys are just standing around walking and a guy will dribble and sh- chuck the ball at the backboard and it like smacks off the backboard. Nobody playing any defense. So whatever old guys are saying that, unless they're talking about the 90s, they have no pedestal to stand on. Because the 80s, there was no defense either. Did that clip Did that clip get put over with uh, the, the Globetrotters song? <laughs> they needed to. The caption was like um, they were uh, making fun of – uh, Will Chamberlain, and they're like, dude, put me in this game and I'll drop 100. <laughs> <laughs> Except if you're Ben Simmons and then you just uh, you put up a big old zero. <laughs> I will agree with like 2000s and 90s basketball that the defense there was a totally different game. But that's not even defense. That's just grabbing people. No, it's just grabbing people. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're reminiscing about days where they yeah. used to just like hack the crap. Defense is actually, it's, it's actually beautiful now. Like, it's so, it's intricate it and it's beautiful. 
like, like the I've rotations watched, you have to be on a string, dude. Everybody has to communicate. The rotations are are fantastic, unless you're the Rockets. I watched a, like a, a thirty minute video about the intricacies of how the the uh, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Phillies def- defended the um the the what's what's the uh, the Magic the guy the center for the Magic Kareem oh for the Magic uh, yeah. Vucevic. Vucevic, how they defended his pick and pop, and it was thirty minutes, and it was like it was it wasn't any fluff. It was just it was just they all played it so differently, uh-huh. and they all had success against it. It was it's just such a cool thing nowadays. We have yeah, like, it's like a, all these deep plans. dive. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people give these guys enough credit for how hard it is to plan for a team in a playoff series. Yeah, for sure. You definitely don't. Um, but getting so getting back to the Celtics Toronto game, like uh, <laughs> we, we kind of like to go. Into yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the keys to my game were that um, Kemba had a down game, um, so that was hard for them. Uh, but basically, it was just a toss up at the end there, and yeah. Toronto had the guys that just stepped up. I mean, Lowry basically willed this into existence, right? Like, yeah. let's give the dude credit because Siakam has been doing so poorly. He's had to step up into the scoring kind of position there, mm-hmm. which is not his natural role, right? He's, yeah. He is definitely more of a distributor than a scorer, but he saw what his team needed and he stepped up. And I now see why why Skeets and Tass and all the Raptors fandom, right? Where they why they love this dude so much because mm-hmm. he just he's just so gritty, man. He just gives you everything he's got every single game. Um, yeah. And as as you mentioned a couple pods ago, Jared, I think that championship run kind of eliminated that unclutch gene in him that he had yeah. for so long because he's now yeah. the clutchest player on that team. Yeah, it's quite the turnaround, right? From the DeRozan and him days where like they were both just disappear in playoff runs and people would be like, oh, these guys are never going to do it. And again, they, they don't have to play against LeBron anymore. In the That's Eastern true. <laughs> There's no more LeBronto. Yeah. <laughs> Big hurdle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. An underrated part of the series also that I was thinking about, uh, the flop matchup. We've had a lot of good flop matchups in this uh, this playoff run, right? Like. We had oh, Chris yeah. Paul versus James Harden in the first round, and that now feels like a heavyweight title bout, right? We got in the first <laughs> round. We had two of the yeah. all-time floppers, yeah. like, ever. This one between Lowry and Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah, and Marcus Smart. A, a back-to-back possessions, you can see Lowry flop and not get a call one way. The, <laughs> like, this happened, and I feel like game two. Like, there was a sequence where, like, the ball got turned over. Lowry flopped, like, three times. They went the other way. And then Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown flopped on the same play, and there was, like, no calls. It was just bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> I felt like... It's like these these flop up matchups, and then you got Beverly calling out both Luca and Jokic, despite not even playing against the Mavs anymore. He's calling oh out Luca for flopping. Yeah, like, that guy is the biggest flopper I've ever seen. I he know no exactly his hypocrisy. It's crazy. crazy. If you watch clips of him when somebody like swings the ball through and like maybe grazes them with his elbow, he acts like he gets shot and he like flies backwards like he got hit with a twelve game. Yeah, well, the best I mean, thing is flops in slow motion. There's nothing better. Oh, oh God, nothing better. The like yeah. ten, the ten frame delay between the the action and the flop. <laughs> yeah, if you go back and watch this game that we were talking about, like the Celtics and the Raptors, there's a sequence. I think it's in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, where Lowry gets blown by on a on a rotation on the wing, and um, I forget who was driving. I think it was Brown, maybe, but he. Or maybe it was smart. I don't remember. But uh, he flops his hand out a little bit, and it gets kind of near Kyle Lowry's face. He goes down like he just got shot. Like there's a sniper in the building. Like the dude flops like <laughs> 10 feet backwards. And the ref doesn't fall for it. He's standing there looking at him like an idiot. But Lowry just gets up and probably does the next play because he's going to get a call eventually, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Speaking uh, of flops from the first round, I believe there was a Shaq and a fool where uh, with the Lakers, Car- Caruso and Kuzma flopped simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> it's making funny. They both fell like, at the same exact time. <laughs> They're trying to make it an Olympic sport, man. The synchronized yeah. flop. I think that the, the editing, they had like the 10, like people holding up the 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The editing is uh, so funny on Shaq. The editing is pretty good. Oh man, I don't know. They they go a little far sometimes. Like I feel like they abused Javale McGee for years. Like the poor dude, he's just trying to trying to be yeah. a nice guy out here. Like, hey, he's he's not as dumb as he used to be on the court. Sometimes he would yeah, do some incredibly not. stupid things. He's not. Yeah. Uh, when he tries well, to dunk over people from the free throw line in game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he still has the occasional Javale play, right? Yeah. Where like he thinks he's a point guard and he's dribbling down the floor behind the back and stuff. And not nearly as egregious though. He's he's not a nearly, now. Yeah. <laughs> much favorite, better now. My favorite Javale blooper was when he's he stole a ball and then as soon as he started dribbling with it, the announcer said, Oh no. <laughs> and he threw it out of bounds. He like stumbled and threw it out of bounds. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the reaction. <laughs> Uh, all right, so before we move on to the next game, I got like one last point, which is like, was this the Mike Breen record for bang calls? I don't know about you guys, but down the stretch, it felt like every other player getting the Breen bang, bang. Oh, they were all every shot. They're all huge, though. Yeah, they all were clutch, but like, huge. that's Jeez, why Breen, like, I think this was the best game in the bubble. Is there anything better than hearing Mike Breen say bang? Yeah, hearing him say it twice. The double yeah, bang, 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 double bang. <laughs> For uh, for Luca, I think Luca and Steph yeah, are the only the ones Luka. that have ever gotten the double yeah. bang. Yeah, that shot Luka with the, the classic double bubble bang bang, right? That's what the starters were calling it. That shot earlier. Bubble okay, bang. I have I have a question. So, why did Nick Nurse call that timeout? Well, which one? The, at the end of the game when there was half a second left after Marcus Smart ch- tried to shoot that three, and then. The ball went out of bounds, and all they had to do was inbound the ball, and the game was over. And Nick Nurse called a timeout. Over huh. management, maybe. I just wants to so. make sure. I just you don't want to. You don't want to be like Isaiah. Throw it away. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what's the thought process? All you had to Lowry is getting the ball from the ref. All he has to do is hand the ball to somebody. I'm not sure what. what yeah. A timeout is maybe help you guys are missing the obvious answer. Is that he wanted to shove it in back to face? Hmm. I guess so. Yeah coaching beef out there let's just start it up man let's start the train for the coach yeah. beef there's not enough beef in the nba we need a coach beef wait i got one more thing before we move on i got a question for you guys is kyle lowry a hall of famer i think he has a path i think he could have a path but i don't think so not right now it's tough the way his career started right yeah with him bouncing around and not really doing much for probably the first four years of his career um mm-hmm. That's that's really rough. He does have the credentials. He was the second best player on a title team. He's been a what six time All Star now, right? He's the the best player on what is a a pretty good contending team for like four of the years surrounding that title, right? Best Raptor in franchise history. Best Raptor in franchise history. There, are you sure that's right not Kawhi? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one year that's might like, as well. That's like uh, the LeBron versus Dwayne Wade on the Heat debate. Yeah. Dwayne Wade there much longer. He's Mister yeah. Heat. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm how, with you. How long There's has a he path. played? Lowry's old. Lowry. Lowry's 36. He's so 36. Drafted in 06, I think. Lowry's 36? Wow. 05 or 06. Oh, he'd, my God. Honestly, it, he'd probably have to play, like, 
into his 40s, which is unlikely to get some of the counting stats up. Yeah, I see that. I, I think he has, like you said, I think he has a path. I don't think he's a first ballot or anything, but no, think... Lowry's 34. He's not 36. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. I, he was I think if, years there. if he plays to like 39, 40 solidly, and he can, like, like I was saying, like get some of those counting stats up, yeah, go the longest chance. Because yeah. he's a, so yeah, he's a six time all star. He's obviously the championship. He's a, in 2015 16, he got his one all NBA nod. I don't know if that's enough. I feel like you need more than one all NBA nod, but yeah. Maybe but I'm then just again, those things are kind of BS. <laughs> they are kind of BS. It's weird that he's a six-time All-Star, but only a one-time All- Like Usually you see it the other way around with deserving players, right? Another like guy that way is Joe Johnson. I think he's a seven-time All-Star, only made the All-NBA team once. Yeah, and is Joe a Hall of Famer? Maybe. I'm counting I cats. think so, just because I love him, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. All right, sorry. I just well, wanted to ask down and see where you guys did. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for bogging us down. No, I'm kidding. Right. I do have. I, I, I hate to be that guy. I have one more thing for the Rockets. Okay. Game. Or not let's, the Rockets game. I don't know one more thing. Let's do it. Why did? Why was at the end of the first OT? Why was the Toronto play um, a Powell ISO step back three in a tied game? I, yeah, I was a little questionable about that too. I mean, Powell had it going for sure, but yeah. it's a little weird to give it to him rather than Lowry. First example. Yeah, right? exactly. As the ball, as the creator on that play, like it's different. If like, okay, let's kick it to him for a three. Right. But a step back fadeaway three. It, it's a little odd. Uh, maybe they saw the Michael Porter comments and they were like, let's go. <laughs> <Someone else does. laughs> yeah. I probably have something to add if I wasn't asleep when that happened. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll pass the buck, Jake. That's okay. fine. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Clippers versus Nuggets now that we're 20 minutes in the pod. Um, <laughs> they uh, they went up 3-1 on the Nugs here, 96-85 to 85 in regulation. It was kind of an ugly game for the Nuggets. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, they should have come on our podcast, threw up some bricks here. Um, <laughs> another bad Murray game, like I always say. Look at Murray's stat line. You probably know if they lost. He shot really poorly from the field. Um, what were his final numbers here? Uh, they were 18 points on 6 of 15 shootings. So not the worst stat line you've ever seen, but 6 of 15 is not great. 18 points from a guy you expect to be your leading scorer or, or at least close to it. Yeah. Um, Jokic had another big night, which... I don't know. Jokic is just their steady Eddie, I guess. He's always going to get his 20 to 25 yeah. with, you know, 10 boards thrown in and, and five to eight assists. Um, so he's he's steady as, as ever, but they didn't get enough contributions. What Maybe we should just skip to the Michael Porter comments after the game because that's the most interesting part to me. Yeah. What did you guys think about what he said after the game? <laughs> Should he have said it? Was he right? I Regardless. think he definitely had a point. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm probably going to agree with what Jake's about to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys can go ahead first because I'm I'm actually kind of frustrated by it. <laughs> okay, well, he's it's not it's certainly not his place as a rookie to yeah. be bringing that up at all. I would say, but especially not with the media. Yeah. What's he doing? Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. All it's just like Keep it regardless of if you think you're right or not, regard which you might might as well be right. There's no good can come out of that. You're in a bubble. You have nothing to do but talk to your team. Just walk yeah. five feet the other direction, go into the, the locker room and talk to them. If you bring it out to the media, it's not going to help anything. It's just going to create turmoil and it's going to hurt the team chemistry. Yeah. yeah, that's a uh, that's a borderline D'Angelo Russell sharing the Nick Young video <laughs> kind of move, right? That's just like you don't do that as a rook. Like that's not your place. Your place is yeah. to 
just follow along with the leaders of your team. You've been there one and a half seasons. I'm going to, I'm going to call it a half season, his real rookie season, but you've been there one and a half years. Like it's not your place to question guys who are established in this league. Like, yeah. sure. They probably should have given you the ball or somebody else, the ball down the stretch because Murray didn't have it going and all that stuff. And so it is maybe a little predictable. Sure. In a vacuum, all these are right, but sometimes it doesn't really matter what you're saying. It matters more how you say it and the circumstances around that. And you never leak that to the media. You keep that in house and it's one game. What are you going to lambast your start or lambast your start? What's the word I'm looking for here? I think <laughs> lambast lambast lambast. Okay. That's a cooking term. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's base some turkeys, guys. That's, that's apparently what's on my mind. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, you don't put your stars on blast. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. After one game where they don't perform, when they've been carrying you all season yeah. and for the yeah. last two series, like you yeah. just don't do that because at the end of the day, like the responsibility falls on them. It's, I don't know, it's kind of like a boss in a job, right? Like you don't criticize your boss when your performances fall flat because they're the ones taking the heat for you when your performances fall yeah. flat. Like you just that's don't do point. that. So, like, yeah, I don't know. That's all I had to say on it. I think uh, regardless of how right his comments were, it just was the wrong thing to say. Yeah. That's a dumb move. I mean, how do you not know not to tell the media things like that? Yeah. Hasn't he already had like bad, like kind of media stuff, like saying wild stuff in the media already? I think he, yeah. Was he a flat earther? I don't know. Oh, he said something weird. I think he said something something about Corona being a hoax. To nice. like oh, control good. the people or something like that. <laughs> My goodness, oh, man. these young guys—they need to—they have too much platform. <laughs> no, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, on the other side, I can't help but uh, take a jab at playoff P. Another four or ten here. Playoff Great job, Paul George. Ten points. Um, that also is I, not a good idea, given himself yeah. a nickname. And he hit two. Threes in the fourth quarter, I think. So if you take those away, he scored four points. <laughs> well played. Oh, playoff beat. But Kawhi Leonard, Mr. Robot, as always, could star in his own HBO show. Um, 30 points, 10 of 22 shooting, 11 boards, 9 assists, plus 7. 8 for 8 from the free throw line. Dude's a robot. He's amazing. Move on. Series wrap for me. Like, I don't think Denver comes back from this 3-1. No, um, not uh, but yeah. is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the playoffs? I uh, I think you know, fingers crossed, the Lakers advance in the next series. We'll finally I'd, have the answer. I guess I would still right. take LeBron, I would still take LeBron over. Yeah, over Kawhi. that's that's my thing. I'm going to take LeBron until it's proven otherwise. Like, exactly. I mean, people may say last playoffs it was proven otherwise with Kawhi's run to the title, right? But LeBron wasn't in those playoffs. Yeah, like he hasn't had the matchup one on one. He hasn't had to beat LeBron on his way to the yeah. title. Now to he be does. the man, you got to beat the man. The old exactly. Man. So he's got to, if he comes at the king, he's better, you know, he better not miss. So yeah. Fingers crossed we get that matchup next round and the Lakers don't blow it. I really hope we do because we never, we never got the, the Kobe LeBron. Yeah. This, this kind of feels like the, this generation's Kobe LeBron. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. that's why I'm so in on Kawhi Leonard is because I love mid range volume shooters and he's yeah. kind of the only one in the NBA. So I see him, I'm like, oh, he's a, he's, he's the best player. It's kind of <laughs> yeah yeah it's good to see him bring it but i don't know i think people overplay the analytics movements like desire to get rid of mid-range shots like if you really take a deep dive analytics driven people i i would consider myself fringe that like we don't hate mid-range shots we hate mm-hmm. mid-range shots taken by bad shooters yeah you know what i mean like like for most players in the nba a mid-range shot is a bad shot relative to their open three-pointer that they could take if they took three steps back right for Kawhi Leonard, that's not true. He's 
amazing at the mid range. So it mm-hmm. becomes an efficient shot because he's good at it. Like yep. the whole analytics movement is just driven towards stopping players from taking shots they're bad at, not necessarily mm-hmm. from stopping players from taking a shot, regardless of who you are. Yeah. So the I other know. the other thing on the, on this is not I don't think that it's as analytic. And I know you guys aren't baseball guys. Sorry to do it, but oh my um, god! Wait, wait, wait! I have something for this. I have something for this. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the baseball segment. <laughs> as a as a hitter, if you know what's coming, that's it doesn't matter how good the pitch is. You're gonna you're probably gonna you have a much better shot at hitting it. If you're only shooting threes and laying and like driving to the hoop, they know what you're going to do. It's so much easier to stop. Like if, yeah. if they're not sure if you're going to pull up and hit it and like take a mid range, you're so much easier to defend. You've got to have, you got to be able to score at all three levels. Yeah. That's, that's the, I mean, this whole analytics thing in basketball, can we agree that it came to fruition with the golden state warriors? Right. Um, yeah. But the thing about them is number one, they never shot the most threes in the league at any point as a team. Two, they had the three best shooters probably in NBA history all on the same team. And three, they led the league in mid-range jumpers. Yeah, and efficiency. So you're, you're just totally disregarding why they were so effective with their three-point shootings. is because they could score at all three levels, not just two. And I think it yeah. proves uh, with our next subject here, the Rockets, that this title of play does not work in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, everything in moderation, both in life and in basketball, right? Like, I think the Rockets have maybe taken the movement a little too far in hunting what are, yes, theoretically the most efficient two shots in the game, layups and threes. But when people are forcing the threes into your bad shooters, you know, if mm-hmm. they're forcing Russell Westbrook to take a lot of threes, for example, maybe we should just move on to the Rockets series. Let's just yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking so much. Let's just move on yeah. to the Lakers versus My angry series. rant with my attempt at a segue. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Well, uh, uh, so to, to give us a little context, Lakers went up 3-1 on the Rockets. They hold the series lead. Um, they beat them 110-100 to 100 in this most recent game. Uh, LeBron led the way, classic LeBron throwback performance with not a lot of points, though. So weirdly, not a lot of points. He had 16, 15, and 9. Um, Davis led the way in points with 29, 12, and 5. Um, so he put up a, a line. Davis is one of those guys where, like, at the end of the night, you think maybe he hasn't he hasn't gone to the paint as much. You think he's not scoring as he should be, and you look up and he has twenty five points, and you're like, "What the? Both of where them? Did that come from? LeBron and AD? They they are the most quiet scorers in the league right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So they yeah, yeah this is the one ten one hundred victory of the Rockets. To me, the key on in this game was defense. Like the the Lakers played perfect defense for three and a half quarters. Um. And just put the Rockets in unbearable situations where late in the shot clock, they would double the ball out of Harden's hands. And late, I mean, like with like maybe 10 to 12 seconds left on the shot clock. They double the ball out of Harden's hands. It flips around. And if you do it that late in the shot clock, I think uh, Zach Lowe actually wrote about this in his latest article, if I'm not mistaken. But if you do it that late in the shot clock, if the ball whips around and comes back to Harden, it comes back to him with too little time for him to do anything. Like there's not enough time. If you double the ball out of his hands as soon as he crosses half court, there's enough time for it to go around the horn and come back to him, and he can make a play at the end. Mm. So if you if you time it right and you double it out of the out of his hands with like maybe eight to ten seconds left, eight to twelve seconds left, then it goes to someone else who is a worse playmaker, uh, and they have to chuck it up before the shot clock expires. And that's that's basically to me how the Lakers have been taking advantage of this rocket scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys um, have anything to say? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's, well, that's all I got. Just, just to keep on, just to keep on your uh, kind of defensive uh, theme, the Rockets just seem to just kind of mail it in on def- on defense, yep. which has 
They did somehow surprisingly been their calling card since the restart. Yep. For all those hardened truthers out there who keep saying like he's a great defensive guy now, he's improved his deep. Just go watch this game, okay? Yeah. Watch yeah. Harden on defense. How, how many times did Caruso get it. wide open layups on cuts? Because like, he's the only person in the NBA that cuts. <laughs> it is weird that the NBA doesn't embrace the cutting movement more. Um, but he and LeBron have a mind melt. Speaking of Caruso, right? Or he backdoor cuts, and LeBron knows exactly where he's going to be. Like it's it's fun to watch that. LeBron kind of always has that with a role player on his team. Yeah, at like, least one. Yeah, there's always yeah, one. At least, guy least one. It's like Kyle Korver, or like in this case Caruso, or like you know sometimes Chalmers back in Miami days. Like Mike Miller. Yeah, he always had a yeah Mike Miller. That's a good one. Yeah, he knows where he they are. Had the guy. Yeah, he always had the guy. Wally Zerbiak back in the day. I'm going to give Wally some. Wally some Zerbiak. Love. Wally Zerbiak. Love that guy in 2K. That was my man. Or NBA Live. God, I don't know uh, how far back I went. Wow. The, old, the old school Kyle Korver. Wally yeah. <laughs> Wally, who made an all-star team. Surprise, surprise. Really? Wally Zerbeck made an all-star team. It's that yeah. bone structure, man. They both have that same bone structure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I got um, another thing. Besides his defense, which was obviously horrible, did anybody else watch Harden and just be like, he doesn't even want to be here? He looked like he didn't even want to play. He was waiting for the double team and just threw the ball to the the closest guy. He wasn't trying to make a play. He was. He looked like he was so disinterested. Drum yeah, literally like every, said that before the pod started, yeah. right? Because every, every playoffs there comes that time uh, Harden there where they say, "Oh, he's got tired." Is it really tired anymore? I think he just gives up. I think he just gives up. That's what it yeah. looks like. My he, theory was that he's he's so used. Like if you look at his game as a microcosm of like who he is as a person overall, like he's a front runner, right? He, his whole game is predicated on getting easy buckets by tricking referees for lack of a better word, like getting fouls, getting in the free throw line, getting easy buckets via three pointers where he doesn't exert a lot of effort, stuff like that. Easy so in a game, by dating a Kardashian. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when he's down in a game, like he just doesn't, he doesn't know how to deal with that. Like that's not in his DNA. He's used yeah. to being a front runner of sorts. Right. So when he's down in series or in games and stuff, I feel like he doesn't really know how to respond quite yeah. like these other guys. Like he doesn't have the fight of a Pat Bev, for example, he doesn't have the dog yeah. in him. Um, I don't know. Am I crazy? No, I don't think. I, I think yeah. the team just looked sluggish. Like it, the third quarter, especially, they were walking on defense. They weren't closing out. I don't know. I I, I just think that it's time. Feed to... on the energy of your star. Yeah, yeah. He feeds it, and he didn't yeah. have it. Even Westbrook um, looked sluggish. I'd never seen Westbrook play a game where he wasn't at a hundred percent effort. Yeah. You know what's funny to me? Westbrook keeps putting up lines that after the game I go and look and I'm like, you know, that's actually a decent line. Like he went eight of 16 in this one, three of eight from three. But during the game, I never feel threatened by Westbrook. I'm always like, yeah, go ahead and take the shots. Like I would like you to take 100% of their shots, Westbrook. Feel free to fire. Um, And I don't know why, I guess. Even if he goes like 20 for 20, that's the next game he's going to go 0 for 50. Like it's it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's very weird. Like I keep telling Jake that he's the best player on the Lakers right now. So, um, he's helping us a lot. He, he, he fits well with this team at the end, the second half of the regular season, but in the playoffs, he looks so out of place in this offense. He does. He looks lost at times, right? He's well, like he hasn't, running he hasn't around. To play. He really didn't get to play. Yeah. He was injured true. in the this bubble. Is what, like, his uh, fifth game back. It's so tough to get reintegrated in the playoffs. And they don't fast break. They had like no fast break points. They never, because they couldn't get a rebound because they're 6'5 all around. Yeah, he just makes no sense with this team. 
He's not going to stand around and watch Harden dribble, 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 and and be able to score. That's not who he is. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. Look at the rebounding battle in this one. The Lakers won it fifty-two to twenty-six. They almost they doubled up. They did double up on the Rockets rebounding. <laughs> like it's really hard to win when one team is getting that many more possessions than the other team. Like, oh my god, this is a crazy disparity. The Lakers took eighty-eight shots. The Rockets took sixty-five. Wow. Like. It doesn't it matter is. how many threes you shoot at that point. Like yeah. you're just gonna lose. You gave up a third more possessions than you had. Like you know what it might be? It's just because they're so small, you have to put you have to put that extra effort on defense and rebounding, and that saps your offense. And it just takes a toll on you to, to have to play night, you know, night after night after that's night true. that hard. When you're tall, yeah. you can you can get away, you can just put your hands up and that's defense. You can't do that when you're when you're you know six six playing a seven footer. You really can't. You have, you have to give it your all in every possession, and like they had the energy of the first few games, but yeah, now it, it does feel you. like it's lagging on them now. Yeah. I think the yeah. Capella trade and going with Covington was a mistake because if you think about it, wasn't some a key part of Harden's game the pick and roll lobs to Capella? Yeah, but I think they they realized that Harden is just as effective without that guy, and that without that guy you can play Westbrook because there's not two non shooters. True, on but the floor. is he more effective in the playoffs? He can't get all they're setting picks for is for him to get a switch. But now we're just doubling the picks, so there's no opportunity for him to go off a pick and roll and make a play. It's just him dribbling with the whole defense in front of him. Like Kobe said a couple years ago, the style of basketball in the playoffs when everybody's in front of you is impossible. Another thing is that that really hurts Russell Westbrook not having the pick and roll guy. Yeah, I was watching a video. Um, he's one of the most. He's one of the best pick and roll ball handlers in the NBA. When he was with the Thunder last season, forty-one percent of his possessions were pick and roll. With the Thunder or with the Rockets, it's cut in half. It's like twenty percent. Yeah, so that's true. Reducing what he does best, which They're, is bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, dude. Because. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. They basically reduced him into a straight line driver. Like all yeah. he does is like he tries to crash the boards if he's not the one shooting or he gets the ball in the swing and his job is to attack the basket in a straight line. And like he's this crazy athletic. He's good at that, but it saps his confidence because he's literally just not in charge of as much as he used to be in charge yeah. of, right? Like he's basically like a bit player on this team, um, albeit a high volume one. But yeah, it's taken a big part of his identity away. Um and while, you know, he's not always the most efficient guy, you kind of want his identity intact because then he gives you all the effort that he's famous for, right? So Yeah. So here's a question. Should the Rockets have just run it back with Chris Paul? Very good question. They've gotten uh, so much closer with Chris Paul. Or like they got they have, so close with Chris Paul. Like why not run it back one more year? Or hamstring pull away. Yeah, yeah, especially seeing how Chris Paul played this year, right? Mm-hmm. Although how much of that was being spurned by the Rockets. Yeah, like, that's true. So. Getting a new location. Yeah. yeah, new location, fresh start. Being angry at the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, from a basketball sense, yes. But I, oh my god, I'm gonna pull like the old announcer thing that I I hate that I was talking about before the podcast. It's never been about the talent with Chris Paul. It's always been about the health. <laughs> Can he stay on the floor? Um, because relative to him, Westbrook is a bit of an Iron Man, right? So yeah, this is just kind of unfortunate that he got injured in the bubble and couldn't ramp up with the team. Um, because that's not normal for Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, he also just fits better with the team. Chris Paul is able to, especially in playoff series, to ISO and get a shot over a defender, even though he's only six feet tall. 
I the Westbrook angle, you're predicating it on that you're going to push the pace, you're going to fast break, you're going to get him layups and kickouts for threes, which they don't yeah. do at all because they can't rebound, so they can't fast break. Everything about this team is horrible. <laughs> That's true. Has Westbrook's rebounding regressed? Or was it always just stat stuffing? Because I feel like he's not getting nearly as many rebounds now, and he's not therefore getting out on the fast break. And well, he used to be no in centers to box out or, or put bodies in the paint, and so he can run in and get the rebound. It's just all yeah. about small yeah. guys going, ah! <laughs> That's yeah, another I mean, thing. That it's like what you were saying. Um, I think maybe the last podcast where you're like, it's Anthony Davis in a sea of red rebounding. They all have to go rebound, so anyone yeah. could get a rebound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was the difference in this game. In this game, the Lakers started getting rebounding a little bit more. Like we saw guys like Caruso and Kuzma and Danny Green, who was huge. Danny got so many offensive boards. Like the Lakers started crashing the boards a la Rockets ball, and, and they didn't know how to deal with it because they can really only deal with it if if you get overconfident and cocky and you send only your big guy to rebound against their five. Then then they can get some boards. But uh, if you start gang rebounding like they do, then you know you outmatch them and you see what happens here. You know you double them up. Danny Green is such a frustrating player. It's like he's either like draining everything or he's just like hitting the side of the backboard or something. It's like just, you can't hit a shot, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, his nickname is Icy Hot, right? So uh, <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Marcus Smart, actually. Marcus it is Smart a little Marcus Smart. Like, nasty from three, and then he just can't hit anything. Yeah. So two more things I wanted to mention on Lakers Rockets before we finish it. Um, big miss from Rondo. Like we've gotten big contributions from Rondo that I did not expect. Um, I don't know how oh. we went this long without talking about Rondo because he's been Huge. the X factor. Huge. He's yeah. been the third star um, when we needed it. Uh, I don't know about you, Jake, but that, that's been real comforting to me as a Laker fan. Yeah. That we actually got I some mean, good Rondo. I've been saying it the past two games. Playoff Rondo is a real thing. How many times do we have to see him overperform in the playoffs to realize that that's his play style is predicated better in a half court, grittier type of atmosphere like the playoffs? With the Bulls, he was fantastic. With the Pelicans, he was great. I don't know. I don't know why people keep doubting him just because his regular season stats are padded and he doesn't look great in the fast break. Well, I think it's because <laughs> this shouldn't be his reputation. He should still be able to give it during the regular season, right? He doesn't play huge minutes and he's not that, that old. I mean, he's like 32, right? 33, something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, what Jake's saying, it's not, it's not an effort thing. It's just his game works better in the types of games that playoffs. Yeah, I guess it does, but that doesn't explain defense. Like he doesn't give a crap on defense. Uh, that, that, the you're right. and, but I did figure out why he gets his hand broken all the time. It's because he sticks his hand in every single play. Every He's got his hand on the ball. Dude must have gotten whipped on the hand so many times as a kid sticking his hand in cookie jars. Like he, he just he cannot <laughs> stop. <laughs> it worries me. I'm like, dude, we're up by 20. Take it easy. If you break your thumb, we're screwed. Yeah, especially with Avery Bradley going out, they needed a, a guard. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he did. He did. Because yeah. like Caruso can show up like he did here. Like the Crusoe was in town tonight or last <laughs> night, I guess. Um, but he only shows up sometimes, and he's much better as an off-ball player, yeah. right? He's uh-huh. not the lead the offense guy, and so it shows when we have Rondo in there as a uh, contrast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the lineup yeah. with Rondo, Caruso, Davis, LeBron, and then whoever at the fifth spot is probably our best lineup. Yeah, and then the last thing I'm going to say about this game is uh, a shout-out to Talon Horton Tucker, man. Um, or Talon. I don't really know how to say his first name. Um, rookie getting his first play, his first playoff minutes of his career here. Um, huge. In the the minutes he played, he played like a brief stretch in the third quarter there, I think. Um, 
and he was a our team was a plus nine during his minutes. He had a huge three. He had a huge layup where he went right by James Harden, the greatest defender of all time. And uh, he had some huge defensive plays as well. Like the rookie gave us big minutes there. And Stan Van was questioning it on the call when he came in. He was like, "I don't know what is Vogel doing? Why is he putting this rookie? And this is his first playoff minutes ever in a pivotal game here. What's he doing?" Um, but it turned out to be a great choice because. Taylor gave us some some strong minutes. We got to rest LeBron during those minutes. He gave us good defense. He gave us a little bit of playmaking swerve. Uh, he played big. So it was actually the in the third, uh, second quarter when he was brought oh, in. So it was early. And what I loved about it is once he hit those two shots, he started pulling. He chucked up a three from deep. Oh, yeah. he, like, he, got a he shot a three he shot. I love that. Right. check. I love it. Confidence guy, but I mean, he was huge, man. So shout yeah. out to the rook. When you're in there, you do everything you can. That was that was awesome. They ain't gonna rook us. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I didn't know who that was. So in the show notes, I saw Taylen Horton Tucker. I thought you were talking about PJ Tucker and two guys that I did not hear about. <laughs> it was just one guy I did not hear about. <laughs> so I guess that's better. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to him. Finally on Jerome's radar as the. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, all right so i think that's pretty much all we need to say for that i think the lakers should be able to close this out but we are the lakers you never know we might relax for a game um, close out games are hard they're very hard. they are hard. yeah they're hard so i'm thinking my lakers and six pick is going to come true here but maybe well, not. if we see the same energy from the rockets though oh yeah if we see that energy it might be over it'll be interesting to see what kind of harden we get because I think his shooting percentage does go down as a series progresses. Like he, he always comes out with amazing game ones. I think if you look back over his playoff career, um, but in closeout games, he's always kind of non-existent. Yeah. So well, what's funny is it's kind of like the opposite of Le- LeBron. My theory on yeah. LeBron is if he doesn't think his team's overmatched, he doesn't give, he doesn't care about game one at all. He wants to see how hard he's going to have to try to make, to, to win this series. Yeah, he feels game. it out. He just cares. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. That is his mo for sure. Because the last game one I can remember him like actually gunning for was the the the, the infamous J.R. Smith game when J. Oh, J. yeah. <laughs> like other than that, like he usually just doesn't really try in game one. Yeah, that's a good theory. So if he doesn't feel outmatched, he's like, yeah, whatever. We can lose game one. Because like, what he scored like fifty in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was maybe the greatest game that any player has ever played. Like I don't know, he. Every single facet of that game, LeBron was all over it. Offensively, yeah. defensively, pass it. Like the dude just did all everything. Ruined because J.R. Smith doesn't know what to score. And yet here again, he lets him back on the team. Like I don't. What is yeah. this weird love hate relationship with J.R. Smith? I don't know. Well, as long as he's not in the floor in, in uh, crunch time, I think he's it's not that big. Well, of a he deal. got some minutes somehow. I, I'd I rather play what. with four players on the court than have J.R. Smith playing. <laughs> <laughs> four on five. Weren't the Kings yeah. trying that a couple years back? They were like going to play defense four and five and just let one guy cherry pick. Yeah, yeah. I think that came down from Vivek, right? That was a yeah. Robert D special. Um. He's like, oh, I like what these ball brothers are doing yeah, yeah. In, in high school. Let's try that out. I did that with my daughter's women, you know, my daughter's youth basketball team, and it worked pretty well. So I'm going to bring it to the NBA. Um, yeah. Uh, no, whatever. Oh, man. All right. Oh, well, so, at least uh, they're not the Knicks. <laughs> at least they're not the Knicks. You want to talk about the Knicks, Jerome? You want to you want to wallow in your misery? Is, that is there really you're... anything to say? Like, there's really not much to say. They, I apologize about the draft lottery. They're living. They're living like it's 2010. That's pr- that's all I have to say about the Knicks. I yeah. It makes doing me that sad like the Knicks are awesome. I love their jerseys. I love their culture. I love everything about them. But they. Madison Square Garden, great place to play. <laughs> I want them to be good so bad, but 
Dolan is just the worst. Yeah, Dolan's the worst. And also, New York fans are also kind of the worst because <laughs> they just they want they want too much. Like you can't, you, they don't want to be patient. So yeah, like in the in the past, like they've always okay, let's let's mortgage our future and then get Stefan Marbury because that's gonna sell tickets. Like what? Do you, that'll vault us. That's up, not yeah. gonna get it. That's not gonna get it done. No. And they always do that. Come they back next year. Hmm. Is Spike going to come back next year? I hope so. Yeah, James Dolan with Spike Lee, James Dolan with uh, Charles Oakley. Like, what's he doing? I don't know. He's I, I, the corner I, I, I'm going to repeat my text to you. JD and the straight shots is the best Dolan project <laughs> right now. <laughs> James Dolan. Yeah, nothing's going to change until he's gone. But Yeah, no, until he's gone. Happen. And he's not going to be gone because he's a stubborn jerk. So. He likes it. He likes it too yeah. much. He likes it. The only thing I could think is – um, if it's like a some kind of a uh, another baseball, you can cue up the sound bite if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Steinbrenner in in the uh, for the Yankee, Yankees owner back in the '90s. He got banned from baseball for doing something shady, and then and he he always had his hands in the cookie jar. And then once he stopped being able to do that, they started winning. So that's the only thing. Like if he does something bad enough, where he like kind of gets banned from operations. Maybe, yeah. maybe they have a chance. Oh man, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure, baseball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was paying attention to the chat because I think Jake just dropped the call or he dropped oh. the call. So I... Oh, you can hear everything. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, we can still hear you. You'll eventually reconnect. I think this happened last time, so we're all right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this is a bit of a longer pod. I, th- I feel like we should just embrace it and let's just go for the hour. Um, All right. <laughs> can we talk uh, about how pointless the two-minute reports are? Let's do it, man. Yeah. It's so uh, bad. What's Why? Why even do it? Yeah, I don't know. I, what They initially started as just like what? Transparency attempt by the NBA, right? Yeah, to, to I guess. Fan complaints, but it doesn't mean anything because they never reverse anything. Yeah, it's it like, doesn't. Here, we made a mistake. Now you can look at it. Okay, then yeah. great. Now we know you, you messed up and you ruined the game for us. Like, it doesn't do anything. You're right. And then the ref, like, there's no accountability for the refs either. Like, you, a guy can keep messing up over and over and over, and then he, they just keep trotting him out there. Like, if yeah. if if there's if this was anyone else in the NBA, if a coach is messing up all the time, players messing up all the time, any GM's messing up all the time, they get they they're done. But a, a ref done. can just keep yeah. coming back. Like, what's what's the point? I mean, a lot of it is stuff behind the scenes that we probably don't see in terms of like punishments or reprimands for, for refs or whatever. Right. Like I'll, I'll admit that, that we don't really like, they don't publish the punishments for refs, right? Like they do for, That's for true. That's true. players and owners and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we do hate on the refs a lot, but they keep messing up. And the thing, the sticky point for me is like the pride of the refs where they see a wrong call and nowhere in the rule book does it say that you can't change a call that you've made when you realize you were wrong or you accidentally oh, yeah? whistle. And yet they stick to their guns because pride, that's it. They're so prideful that they just want to, you know, they yeah. want to say that they got the call right. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand. That's how it is. So many times in this playoffs, we have plays where it ends in a foul call, right? But then they go back and review, and they see that the offensive player actually like shoves somebody out of the way before yeah. the foul that yeah, they yeah. said. But they're like, "Oh, we can't review that, though. We can't go back and say, yeah. you know, he fouled him a half a second before this play that we're talking so about. Bad. We can only say whether or not this was a foul, and it was. And so it's it is really bad. Like you have to 
you either have to, I don't know, I can't say this kind of saying on the podcast, but I'm going to say it anyways. You can't half it. You have to whole it. Like you yeah. have to, yeah, exactly. you have to either use replays all the time to correct calls and get the thing right, or just get rid of it. Like this, I don't know. At the very least, don't. like if you get the, if, if you successfully challenge, you should get to challenge again. Why do you only get one per game, regardless of if you're right or wrong? Yeah, they're really going to have to revisit this challenge thing in the offseason because, like, I don't know. It, in some ways, it's good. It's good that coaches can call out plays that have high leverage, you know, in moments down mm-hmm. the stretch. But you're right. It's so limited because refs make so many bad calls yeah. in basketball. And there's a call. There can be a call every, what, like eight seconds. Exactly. Um, that if you one know you're right in the enough. second quarter, you should be able to challenge it and then know that you're going to get it back. You're going to still have it for the fourth quarter. You know Exactly. Yeah. If you keep getting it right, you should just keep having it. It should yeah. be like a, a renewable Absolutely. resource. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, the wrapping in general has just been kind of bad this playoff. It's been really bad, as usual. Yeah. Jake, I was just going to intercede and say, like, if you want to just refresh your page, I think that might help. Uh, actually, let's just keep recording. We'll, we'll figure it afterwards. We'll, we'll do it afterwards. Um, like the flagrants are, are – the flagrant foul calls are flagrant fouls to me. Like those are so bad. It don't make any sense. Yeah, they, they really don't make any sense. I don't remember hearing this term um, – what, what, wait, what's the – uh, what's the term they keep throwing around? Now hostile act. Hostile right? act. Thank you. Hostile oh, act. Hostile act talk is out of control. We need to stop this. Where did this term come from? Why are we using it all the time? And why is it every other word out of an announcer's mouth? I don't understand. <laughs> or the Hibberts. Yeah. Or or the downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Draymond Green rule. Yeah. Like you know yeah. what it is. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of the uh, of the NFL and like how they overdefine the catch to the point where no one knows what a catch is anymore. You know, like yeah. you know what a catch is when you see it. Like you should just keep it vague so people can use real real human judgment. You know what I mean? Yeah, because when they try to overdefine it, they just mess it up more. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Like you know a flagrant one. You know what flagrant two is like. Okay, he definitely did that on purpose. Flagrant two. Okay, that was. He didn't do it on purpose, but like there wasn't really any reason for him to be flailing like that and hit and he hit someone. That's a flagrant one, you know. Exactly, yeah, because we we know it when we see it for sure. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, uh, we're running up almost on the hour mark here. We could do condiment talk. I have I don't know why, but I thought condiment talk would be. <laughs> I don't know. I probably should have come up with a better name because that just sounds bad coming out of my mouth, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had this dumb idea for asking you guys what what your best condiment is in any situation. You know, on a sandwich, on a salad. I don't know, like what your top condiments are because I think it's a pretty straightforward answer. I don't even think there's much to talk about, but people False. seem to have opinions. Okay, see, see, see. <laughs> I knew there was something to talk about here. <laughs> All right, so so why don't you tell me my falsehoods, Jerome? Because off the bat, I thought mustard, and I thought that was it. End of conversation. <laughs> no, mustard is great. Um, well, one, I just want to, uh, use my platform here to bring a little bit of, oh, of knowledge. All right. Um, so there's this really, really good, uh, Chinese chili sauce that they, they have in dim sum restaurants and we got some and I've been putting it on everything like the past, like all the quarantine has just been popping that hot <laughs> chili sauce on everything. It's so good. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So Chinese hot chili sauce. That's that's your number one pick. That's your. That, I see you're going off the board there, but okay. That's a <laughs> Chick Fil A sauce. 
I, I got to push back on Chick-fil-A sauce. It's too sweet. It's too much. It's too much stuff. It's the AM PM of sauces. <laughs> Not to get political, but it tastes a little bit like bigotry to me. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, we got to take that. Into That's good. I, I mean, I appreciate your guys' opinions, but you're wrong. It's mustard. So end of story. <laughs> I like honey mustard too. Honey mustard, barbecue sauce, or my other ones high up there. Perversions. Just plain yellow mustard. A specific combo for a specific situation that I really like. So it's got to be if you're having a like a rotisserie chicken sandwich, you got to go mayo, plain yellow mustard, and you put some pepper on there. Woo! That's the best sandwich you're ever gonna eat. So good. <laughs> best sandwich ever. I, best I, sandwich. I put get some potato bread. Oh. So I'm good. just not a mayo guy. Like I, I understand that like, well, okay. I shouldn't say that because I like aioli sauces. Right. And those are oh, basically okay. mayo based. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't like plain mayo. I'm not That's a big fair. plain mayo guy. I think it's, I think it's the sight of it. I think it's what it reminds people of. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, keeping me back here. Um, <laughs> come up fluff, right? Come on. Uh, marshmallow fluff. Uh, you don't like that. Yeah. You don't like you don't the plate of fluff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> intent. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just not a mayo guy. I don't know. I don't think I ever will be. I'm fine with it. That's fair. You got your mustard, so who cares? Yeah, I got my mustard. <laughs> I got my mustard. It goes on everything, man. People underestimate mustard. I underestimate love, I love mustard. mustard. Yeah. So are you are you a, a plain like French's yellow? No, Dijon. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a plain yellow, plain man. Yellow. Plain yellow. That's the stuff. Hostess. Wait, like that's that. hostess. Okay. I like that spicy brown. <laughs> All right, I think we got too much on the condiment talk weeds here. Um, <laughs> I can talk. I could probably do a a, a condiment uh, podcast if I had to. <laughs> what do you prefer, the spicy brown or the mellow yellow? Um. Yeah. All right. Get well, some uh, in there. <laughs> Maybe even a specifically a mustard uh, a mustard podcast. the mustard boys and stuff (laughs) talking condiments 24 7 uh all right let's end it there before we say something we regret Um, (laughs) this was fun thanks for for coming on drew yeah glad to have you we'll see if we can make this uh you know come on again do this again um any words of wisdom from you guys any this is where we kind of say our stuff and jake tries to make sayings come true but uh, get a boo get a boo from jake all right and this is for specifically i know russell westbrook is listening to this take it down yeah. from a 10 to an 8 and you'd be <laughs> perfect 10 to an 8 so that is really is good wisdom that that's good words of wisdom because yeah. <laughs> moderation russ moderation all right so get a boo from jake actual words of wisdom from jerome <laughs> and peace from me we'll see you in the next one all right